intro here. This is Mosh Pitch, your host Wes. I have got my guest with me today, Mr. Blaney Freeman, local hometown hero. <laughs> I don't know about all that. How you L- been? Local tile, man. <laughs> hey, that's what we're going to go with anyway. I- I'll take it. I'll be happy with it. So I've heard uh, just, man, I've watched you. I've seen you play a couple times. Hell of a guitar player. Thank you. So what do you got going on? Uh, we, I actually play in a band called Soul Swamp. We, uh, we do like heavy covers of whatever. And um, we haven't really been playing. We ain't played in a year. But tomorrow's actually our first practice back. And we about to open it up. That's awesome. Make a lot of noise. Yeah. Well, you know, we do we do some Sabbath, some Hendrix, Cream, stuff like that. But we do it with a heavy tone, and it's it's got a punk attitude. You still feel it. We still have that garage element where everything feels like it's just about to fall apart. And it might. It might. But we don't give a shit <laughs> because that's where the magic happens. Exactly. And that's the way we feel it. You know, you don't. A lot of folks go out now and they polish everything up to a point where you already know what you're gonna hear before you get there, and we don't, we don't, we don't like that. No, we might just fall off and jam in front of you, and that's how we like our shit. It's kind, of, kind of like a Grateful Dead punk attitude jam band with a heavy tone, three piece. I love it. I love it. We do if, too. If I'm going to see a live show, I don't want to hear CD quality. I don't want to hear the same song that I got on the CD that I heard on the way to the show. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's uh, Rich, Richie Blackmore from Deep Purple. Mm-hmm. I got an interview with him where he talks about listening to Joe Satriani, and he's like, Joe Satriani's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I don't care to go see Joe Satriani because I already know he's going to be that good. <laughs> I already know he's not going to miss anything. He said, but I've also seen Jimi Hendrix. I've seen Jimi Hendrix walk out there and fall on his face in front of a whole bunch of people because he reached for something live that everyone else is scared to do. Hmm. Wow. The music still evolves. It don't matter if you're live or not. You just, if you feel it, mm-hmm. you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if I can hear the same thing on my CD player from your album, I don't need to go. Exactly. And, and I've never heard any of my heroes or read them in any interviews say i love to hear people play spot on covers of my songs they always say they want to hear what other folks do with it Mm -hmm. so i that's uh there's a lot of emotions in a song Mm -hmm. just because they chose one don't mean you have to choose the same one like nine inch nails with hurt Oh yeah, they strike a chord and it's actually my favorite version when trent reznor is doing it on a piano by itself but you cannot take the power away that comes from an old man like Johnny Cash near the end of his life doing it. Exactly, a hundred percent. Because at the same time, you know, you've got to if you're going to take a cover and you're going to cover it, you're going to cover that song. Don't do it the same way the guy did. Yeah, you need your own sound. Yeah. Now, now here's one I got in an argument with a buddy of mine in high school because we were talking about this same thing. I was like, man, I was like, they did this song, but. They did it. They sped it up, and it was a cover of um, what was that? Not Youth Gone Wild. I remember you from Skid Row. It was a cover. They, you know how slow the original is. Well, they sped right. this one up, and he was like, "Oh man, that sounds good." Well, the next song, because I was burning my own CDs and all that, you know, <laughs> it was a burned CD, so it had a bunch of shit on it. It was the time. <laughs> <laughs> and the next one on was I don't want to miss a thing cover. 
from Aerosmith. It was a it was a cover, and they sped that song up. And he immediately went to, "No, you don't speed this song up. This is supposed to be a slow song." I was like, "You just said, <laughs> yeah." It, um, I, and I know, I think I know the song you're talking about. If I remember you, I remember it sped up, and I like the music, mm-hmm. but it lost the emotion and it lost yes. the feel for me. It wasn't. Uh, but that's one of them songs that. It, it, as good as Dave, Dave the Snake Sabo's guitar sounds in that song, mm-hmm. you can't take away what young Sebastian Bach adds to anything. Exactly. Them vocals are just, <laughs> I, I mean, that's, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, like, like, like you, go, you don't see Brian Johnson from ACDC covering Bohemian Rhapsody. No. And he's just as great as Freddie Mercury. Exactly. <laughs> but you, you know what I mean. Uh-huh. <laughs> there are certain bands that, they could cover the song, but you're like, no. Mm-mm. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So what's your favorite cover that you guys like to play? My favorite cover that we like to play is actually, it's actually an old Fleetwood Mac tune. But it was it, it's from Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac. Uh-huh. And it's a song called Green Monolitia uh-huh. with a two-pronged crown. And uh, Judas Priest covered it. Mm-hmm. And we do more Judas Priest's version. Mm-hmm. And that's probably that or Outlaw Man by the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Cortez the Killer's fun to play, too. But yeah. Cortez the Killer's pretty bare, and we jam it out. So it's like, we'll play it, I'll sing a verse, mm-hmm. and then I'm just going to wail for a little bit. And then we'll come back in, and then we'll wail for a little bit more. Sunshine of Your Love's fun. Iron Man. Mm-hmm. I really like to play Iron Man because of all my health issues the last two years. I've kind of grown really close to that song. Matter of fact, as soon as I get off all the blood thinners, mm-hmm. I got an Iron Man tattoo playing. That's awesome. Not not Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man. Something <laughs> from the comic book. Oh, that'll be cool. Yeah, I ain't decided. I, there, there's an old episode. You, you, If you're into comic books, you might remember the... Uh, there's a few where he's got like a purple outfit, kind of. Mm-hmm. I think I'm kind of going for something like that. Oh, that'll look cool. Where are you thinking about getting it? I ain't decided yet. Might nice. get it under my Hulk blood tattoo, but I think I got Pink Floyd down there. It depends on <laughs> exactly on how I execute it. Oh, that'll be awesome. That will be awesome. I can't wait to see it. I uh, mean, either. Because, I mean, if you can't tell, I'm a massive nerd. <laughs> I got too. board games, guitars, music, video games, you name it. I've got a wrestling belt. Yeah. I- <laughs> I get you, man. <laughs> like I said, I got the smoking skull. <laughs> I'm jealous. I am jealous. <laughs> I wear it down here next time. I, I wear the whole Piper outfit. <laughs> oh, Piper. Oh, always been my hero. <laughs> I actually have the Piper outfit. I got oh. the hot rod shirt <laughs> and a kilt. I just, like I said, I wear the smoking skull belt. It, used, it fit last time I put it on. I lost some weight last year, and it fit. It might not now. But just throw it over your shoulder. Exactly. <laughs> Man, I am so thankful to finally have you in studio. I know we've been talking about doing this for a while, and life happens. It does, it does. <laughs> but, um, you know, speaking of covers and stuff, uh, you know, good band here in town, Frankie and the Romeos, those mm-hmm. guys, dude, yep. they do a hell of a cover of Mustang Sally. They do. God, just that. They do. Hmm. I've seen them do it. Have you played with Frankie? Uh, no, I, I've known Frankie my whole life, but and – I did did a shower, yeah. and I've dealt with him on guitars and picking around like that. But we've never got a chance to play at a show before. 
I think with the mosh pit, we should change that. I agree. <laughs> I agree. And we're all the time looking for stuff to do here. We're always trying to throw some shows together that will bring some attention to downtown, bring some people back, because I don't care what anybody in the city says, this side of downtown Rock Mart's dead. It, it, and they can fight me if they want to. You saw the theater re- response. Right. Yeah. So. Well, you seen my response. Like I said, I had to come. <laughs> I had to go look for the podcast yeah. and all and everything. I'm glad I did. I'm glad you did too. <laughs> so it's. Uh, I understand. I've, I, I've grown up here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a love hate relationship with the town. It is. It is. Because it it's one of those things where if you're a long timer like I am, you know the ebbs and the flows and you know exactly what's going to get traction and you know what's not. It, it does. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and I'll be honest, everyone around here is so good to me mm-hmm. that it, it, it really, when, when you see someone don't get the support, Yeah. That, that, that's what hurts because it's like, man, support them too. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And, again, like I said, love the town, love the support, you know, because you can find my stickers and posters pretty much everywhere in town. Right. Uh, the funny part is nobody knows that we're actually down here. It's kind it's, of a secret. Yeah. <laughs> That's also a cool thing about it. Yeah, it's not a bad thing at all. Right. But, you know, I, I do want to do, I do want to give back to the town. I want to give back to the city, do some events, right. bring in some um, music. Yeah, cause, I agree. Because we booked a band at Homespun 2014 or 15, whatever year it didn't get rained out. <laughs> and we put a band in, and they were the loudest band to ever play Homespun. Um, they were Asriel back then. It was Concrete Supergun now. Yeah. Dude, those guys were just phenomenal. Just, just I mean, loud. Yeah. You know, it was, you know, they do a lot of covers, a lot of punk, a lot of... Early 90s, Stone Temple Pilots, Pearl Jam, yeah. stuff like that. But they've also got their own stuff. Right. So it was it was great. I was getting phone calls for weeks talking about some. Who was that? We need them back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's cool. And, and you know, I think we played, uh, well, not until Swamp. I was in a band we was called Hollow Mountain at the time. Yep. We played uh, the last home spun that they had. We we was actually the first band to go off to the, go on after the church people. And the first song we did that first song we did that year was a drive by trucker song called Where the Devil Won't Stay. Uh-huh. And uh, the very first lyric is my daddy played poker in the woods, they say, back in his younger days, and it's like you could see this crowd move out while this crowd was moving in. It's like it was like damn, it was like Moses or some shit for a second there. But it was cool though. It was cool because Benny Gray was down there and Benny Gray come out singing along to it. And it was the first time we've ever played Drive By Truckers in front of someone where someone in the crowd was actually singing along and knew the song. That's awesome. So that was cool. That is awesome. Yeah, Homespun was definitely always one of those things where you could you had a good mix. Yeah. Because you've got your fiddles and banjos, you've got your heavy metal, you've got your gospel. Right. And you've got your whatever in-betweens. <laughs> it, it was a good blend of the hometown that we grew up on mm-hmm. with a lot of what people are, 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 are wanting nowadays. Because like I said, yeah. like we played the Arrogant Barbecue last year, and like I said, I got to play Iron Man at the Arrogant Barbecue. <laughs> that was cool as shit. That's awesome. Especially growing up in Arrogant. Seeing all the bluegrass and everything, I always uh, like, man, I'd really love to play Iron Man on that stage. It's a small but, stage, but it was fun to do it. But, God, it sounds so good. Oh, yes, it sounded it, great. It is just, yeah, I, yeah. I remember Scott Johnson was running sound, uh-huh. and I remember I hopped up there, and 
turn my amp up and I run 50 watt EVH and uh, I moved up to about three or four and he's like, man, you the loudest person been up here all day. And I'm like, why didn't you tell them to turn it up? He's like, sound the sound, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, we just turned it away from the crowd. There you go. There you go. Yeah, when we booked it, um, Scott wasn't available for us. He had he was already because again I was two weeks out. Yeah, Scott's pretty good, so I, I assume he stays booked up. Oh yeah, but we got Luke Luke Testa from yeah. Connect Live, super good dude, and yeah, he I know was. Luke. I've played yeah, up there before. Great guy, and he helped me out. I mean, he helped me out in a pinch because I was like, dude, I I can't run sound. I was supposed to learn, and then yeah. life happens, right. and. He's like, I got you. So he showed up with his box truck full of speakers and wires and cables and plugs. and Yeah, we was... played up there at Connect Live when he had it. Uh, I got a buddy he was partners with for a while, Anthony Mabes. Yeah. And uh, Anthony, he, he, Anthony's a pretty good sound guy, too. I like He We played at his uh, old record store that he used to own in Ackworth a few times. And yeah, okay. Anthony's always been a real good guy, and he always comes out and shows up and he does good. There, yeah. There's a bunch of good sound guys. There are locally. There are, there definitely are. So if you're in need of a sound man, hit one of them up because they're gonna help you out. They will. <laughs> um, so what you got planned? What you got planned after the event or the practice? What do y'all are y'all looking to book? Y'all doing what you got? We gonna, well, tomorrow we're gonna start back practicing and everything hitting. Got song selection and all that to go through because we don't want to do some of the stuff we used to do. Because, mm. like I said, when I had when I had COVID, I lost a lot of the top end of my voice. So mm. we're still going to do a lot of what we did, but we're tuned lower when we're playing heavier. Probably mm. be more Sabbath, more Motorhead, more more stuff along those lines. Any, anything that a three-piece can pull off in your face. There'll be some Skinner in there, because I, mean, I know they got three guitars, but it's yeah. it's, it's it's still culpable. We, yeah. we can still pull off Needle in the Spoon, Cry oh. for Bad Man, and shit like that. Yes. And that yes. smell, stuff like that. So, yeah, the main hits. and the, the stuff I don't hear other folks doing. Exactly. Exactly. No free bird. No yeah, give well, me... You know, give me back my bullets. Just to show them I can, but <laughs> but but that, but that'd be the only reason. The only reason. Yep. Be like, all right, look, y'all know this one. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, that gets people up and dancing. It does. It does. And it gets the crazy ones out there too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta love the bobbies. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I remember, you know, one of the homespuns that wasn't rained out like they are every year. Uh, yeah. Dude, Frankie and them played a hell of a um, Skinnered set right there at the very end. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Damn!" It's like that is amazing. I mean, the entire park was dancing. Yeah, so, I remember that year. Yeah, good year. That was a good year. wasn't too hot either. Mm-mm. That's that's one. That's always been our argument with homespun. It's like, move it out of July, man. I tell you, growing up around here, really been fortunate to see a lot of good music over the years mm-hmm. with all the different people playing like yeah. you know benny gray sweet southern dave oh. harper uh make some boys the, yes dave mix I, I i've played with david and them and mm. brantley mm-hmm. uh travis and steven and caleb they're they're great musicians i love sitting in with them oh yeah and uh man, i can't <laughs> some of my funnest times yeah clay broom a lot, lot, lot of yep. great ones yep 
And we got a good little mix here in this town. I mean, we yeah. really do. We got a lot of talented people. There, there really is. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and it's really amazing that the talent around. Yeah, and not even just in the town. I mean, just the guys that are just on the outskirts. You know, you got Cartersville and Taylorsville mm-hmm. and Rome and all that. I mean, this whole section yeah. of Georgia, mm-hmm. Georgia, Alabama, and Southern Tennessee. This yep. whole region. Yep. There, it, it's. To me, it's some of the greatest music there is. You, you know, you got Jeremy Wells, Hunter Blaylock, yep. uh, the stuff they do. I mean, I'll be honest, we're, we're more heavy and more metal. Mm-hmm. But Jeremy Wells and Hunter Blaylock are two of the best songwriters I've ever heard in my life, honestly. Yes. And yes. that's, uh, <laughs> the, it just, it's just good stuff. It really is. Yeah. And when you, when, to me, mm-hmm. if I can feel the song, if I can put myself in it, yeah. like some of the stuff Benny Gray writes and everything, uh, it's great stuff. I can relate to it. I can see someone sitting at home mm-hmm. and all and all that, just living that song. Yeah, those are songs that you can't write if you ain't lived. Nope. And that's a realness that a lot of music nowadays don't have anymore. It doesn't. It yeah. doesn't on any on any spectrum, exactly. whether it's country or rock e- exactly. or anything. I, I give a lot of new country hell. Yeah, uh, and I, I mean I post about it on Facebook and and and, and I cut up doing it because I really am happy for anyone doing that for a living. It, oh yeah, I, I've laid tile thirty years and I'm telling you I have a lot more fun playing guitar than I do crawling around <laughs> on the floor. But um, it's like the whole quality of music across the board has gone down there ain't even i mean i can't even tell you many metal bands Mm-mm. in recent years that i like or or anything yeah i mean there it's since i guess since about 2000 on yeah it's just one here and there that pops up i do like greta van fleet i i i'm coming around to them i i like a few of their things but as far as putting on one of their full cds and you know rocking it i'm like yeah, some of the stuff is still miss. Yeah, but uh, but the talent's good, there. What's good is good. Yes, I think the guitarist does a good job of not overdoing what they do. Yes, and and that's it. That's my problem. It's like, man, it sounds good when I when I do, let, let me do more. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yep. and it's like I hit my sweet spot and then I fuck it up. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Um. I mean. Do you consider Five Finger Death Punch metal? Are you uh, a <laughs> I really liked their first album. Mm-hmm. I, I really did. And everything since then just sounds like a rewrite of their first album. Yeah. I haven't listened to the new one that much, but I have. I do want to because they've got a... What's, who's their new lead guitarist? Uh, Jason Hook left, and they got Andy James playing lead guitar yeah. for him. And Andy James is a beast. Yes, I would go to the Andy James Guitar <laughs> Academy, and I I would try to do some of his lessons. <laughs> I mean, he's he's really that good. Mm-hmm. But but funny you mention uh, Five Finger Death Punch because uh, when I was I guess it was. 2014 or 2015, somewhere in that range, mm-hmm. I was working up in Massachusetts doing a hospital. Yeah. And three minutes from the room I was staying, the motel I was staying in, was a guitar center. And this was the same time that they had their own signature Dean guitars come out. Yeah. And they released them at Guitar Center, and they were there 
given a guitar clinic that day showing how to play some of their songs off that first album and everything oh. and i got to meet them and uh jason hook and i think his name is old tom bathory another mm-hmm. guitar player they're killer dudes That's awesome. they're cool as shit and that and that was really just a whole good experience because the motel i stayed at I, and i've mentioned this on facebook down the hall from me the cast of the tv show victorious oh. was staying and my this was before Ariana Grande got big or anything. No. But my daughter loved the show, and Elizabeth Gilly and Kiki Palmer, who wasn't on the show, but they wasn't actually filming the show. They was filming something else. Mm-hmm. But they were all there, and they called my daughter and wished her happy birthday and all that. And I got to hang out and do laundry with Kiki Palmer's mama <laughs> and all them. They great kids, That's fun awesome. to be around and all that and everything. I've got a Hagstrom guitar that Kiki Palmer. It was like 5 o'clock in the morning, and I was headed to work, and I seen her in the uh, hallway, and she and I talked to her, and she's like, well, we're leaving out today. And I was like, shit, hell, I've been hanging out with them and never got anything signed. Mm-hmm. So I was like, can you sign something for my daughter before you go? And she was like, yeah. So I went in my room, and I looked around, and I ain't got no teeny bopper shit laying around. Yeah, exactly. I'm out there for work. <laughs> but I had this Hagstrom guitar that I bought to carry around from town to town with me. Mm-hmm. Had a Seymour Duncan Invader in the bridge is the only reason I bought the guitar. Matter of fact, when I bought it in the pawn shop, I picked it up. It didn't have but two strings on it. I tapped the pickup to make sure it worked, and then I told the dude, I said, I'll give you 100 bucks for it. And he was like, all right. <laughs> and uh, so uh, she signed that guitar at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I gave it to my daughter. She signed it for her, and so it was hanging on the wall. And, so my daughter's got a guitar with a mean ass pickup in it that she don't play <laughs> sitting there. That's great. That's a great story though. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, that's shit. that's was, awesome. It was nice. And coming back to the new album from Five Finger Fate, it is freaking I, I I like it. I've never been a big Five Finger fan, but this one just there's a couple of songs on there that just kinda hit you and you're like, Oh god, it's so good. Yeah. I, <laughs> that's why I wanna hear it. I hadn't really listened. But, like I said, uh, I know if Andy James had anything to do on the writing, mm-hmm. I, I, I ain't got to hear the leads to know they're going to be badass. Yeah. Because I'm, I ain't got to hear the leads to know I probably can't play the son of bitches. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, he's just really that good on the guitar. There, 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 there's a lot of players. I mean, you can go on YouTube and you can see people all day just running shit. It's just amazing. Yeah. And it's like, oh, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> but, um that it's it's people that play like that that have feel that's mm-hmm. hard to find. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of Steve Vise. Mm-mm. Like, like, like I mentioned Satriani earlier. Mm-hmm. I, as great as he is, I've never really felt but a couple of songs. Right. A lot of the stuff just don't hit me that well. But Steve Vai, Chris Impelitary, Paul Gilbert, I feel what them guys do. Mm-hmm. And uh, Andy James is one of those players. Yeah. And and Jason Hook was too for uh, them before he left the band. You know, I know he played with Mandy Moore and a bunch of other folks before them. Yeah. And he and like I said, he's a killer dude. And but uh, Andy James is he, he's one of them folks that I go check out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Man, that's just, just some of the, as as few and far between as a lot of these bands are. The good ones are just. I mean, they're right there. They are. Like, and I mean, like I heard, uh, I think it's a new Lamb of God. 
Yeah. I liked it. I'm ready for I don't think it's come out yet. I think they've just like released one song or mm-hmm. a couple of teasers and uh-huh. I'm anxious for it. And and that new Megadeth. Yes. Oh god. That, everything I've heard off that new Megadeth <laughs> reminds me of the first Megadeth, the Killing Is My Business album. Uh-huh. That nobody talks about. And that's honestly my favorite Megadeth album. Yeah. That well, I say it's my it's my second favorite of Megadeth album. They did one in the off years called United Abominations. Yep. They had Glenn Drover play yep. a lead on it, and Glenn Drover had played with King Diamond and some other folks that I loved. Mm. I, I love King Diamond. Yeah. And so as soon as I seen Drover was playing with him, I was like, I gotta check his shit out. And I love that album. Is King Diamond? Are they doing anything? I think he's doing something with Merciful Fate this year. I think they're planning a reunion. Ooh. And they might have a new album coming out, if I'm not mistaken. That could be cool. I saw King Diamond, I want to say, I want to say it was 2016 Mm -hmm. with a buddy of mine, Carmelo Gonzalez. Carmelo, he passed away since then. Mm -hmm. But dude, sang King Diamond, and, and he was awesome. That's killer. He he sounded so good mm-hmm. that you thought it was a record until he would take the song somewhere that it wasn't on the album. Shit. And I'm talking about vocals. The music, you could tell the music was loud. Yeah. The music was just straight in your face. Nice. Uh, what's his name that plays for them? Andy LaRoque is one of my favorite guitarists ever. <sighs> Andy LaRoque was just straight on all over. He was just bitch-fucking his guitar all <laughs> night. Like, fuck you, motherfucker. Oh. And damn... Uh, it was awesome. But King Diamond, his voice, you know, he, he goes from one extreme to the other. Yep. That It's uh, kind of like when you see these pop fuckers get around dancing on stage. You're like, I know that son of a bitch ain't singing that shit, <laughs> sucking wind like that. There ain't no way. <laughs> there ain't no way in hell that shit's happening. But uh, King Diamond, like I said, he, his vocally, he sounded so good live. That you would think it was a recording until he would take the song somewhere that it didn't go on the recording. And they even did the song where they burned Grandma alive and everything, yep. brought the old bitch out, throw her in a coffin and every damn thing. It was awesome. That's killer. That is killer. I never was a big King Diamond fan, but the this, ones this, that he does, oh, my God. The, yeah. this, the singing, that you either like it or you don't. Mm-hmm. Most, most folks... Listen to him, and they're like, man, I really just can't listen to him sing. Yeah. But I love the music. Now, he did one with uh, Trivium oh. on that Roadrunner United album called In the Fire. Uh-huh. Dude, that's some fire. I, I've wanted a whole album from him with Trivium ever since that one song. That was that- Dude, that, that whole album is awesome. Mm-hmm. But that one song was head and shoulders above everything on that album. Yes. To, to hear Trivium, to hear Matt Heafy. Mm-hmm. Not have to sing, yeah, and just, just they're, like, they're like, nah, dude, you ain't got to sing. You can just go <laughs> off on the guitar, and I bet he was as happy as fuck, man, dude. because you can tell listening to the solos and the riffs. Yeah, that song was, uh, it was a masterpiece. If, if if they would do an album together, and Blend Heafy and I. I agree King Diamond's voice can be harsh to some folks, mm-hmm. but if he sat in with Trivium on a whole album and blended him and Heafy's voice, that would yeah. be some phenomenal stuff. Yes. And, and I, I tell you another band that I'm glad to see getting back together, Shadows Fall. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I seen them, uh, 
I seen them one year. They were at Ozfest, and dude, it was like eight thirty, nine o'clock in the morning, and they had motherfuckers thrashing on the asphalt. <laughs> I mean, it's it was some shit, dude. They was badass. I I elbowed some dude to get the pick, and I got the pick. Nice. I mean, it, it was worth it. But damn, uh, got after that, got to meet them, got to hang out with them. Uh, John Donice, their lead guitarist, he explained to me how he run his whole guitar pick. I mean, his whole guitar rig and everything, autographed the pick. No, they were, they were great. Oh. And, they, and they were, that, that whole Ozfest dude, mm-hmm. until, uh, I, I can't remember who was playing that year, headline, and I went to all of them. But I remember them being the highlight, highlight until it got dark. Oh. I think that was the same year Down was there, because we got to meet Phil and everything that year, too. That's so cool, man. Yeah, it was cool as shit. Phil was drunker than hell. We was trying to get him to smoke one with us. He was like, ah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Couldn't understand what he said. Their guitarist, Pepper Keeney, was like, come on, man, get on the cart. <laughs> they had a golf cart picking him up. Uh, oh, <laughs> He's that's like, great. I gotta go. That's great. <laughs> but, but beating Phil and Samo, that was cool as shit. And Rex and all of them and Booker, uh, the whole it was the whole band. It was yeah. the whole original band of Down. So that was cool. That'd be badass. Zombie was there that year, too. Oh, didn't oh. get to meet, didn't get to meet zombie. It was meet zombie or meet down, and we was like, I'm meeting down, down. <laughs> down. Yeah, I'm not. And, and I tell you what, dude, I understand why Phil was drunk because down had just played, and when they played, it, I seen them and I seen Pantera. So I've seen Phil a total of three times. All three times I've seen him, he walked on stage and broke the seal on a bottle of Jack Daniels, and they never left the stage till he finished that bottle of Jack Daniels. The only time I seen anyone else take a drink out of it was, uh, I guess it was 2000 when Pantera played Ozfest or 2001 of them years, 2000, mm-hmm. 2001. Mm-hmm. Dime took one drink of it before they played Primal Concrete Sledge. And uh, Phil finished that bottle of Jack Daniels on stage. And then 20 minutes later when he was giving us autographs, that son of a bitch had one of them big huge bottles of Crown that's got the... Wasn't nobody drinking it with him. He was sitting there signing autographs, just picking it up, drinking it like I do Dr. Pepper. And I was like, son, golly. So like I said, by the end, we was like, would you smoke with us? And he was like, I would love to. But by the end, he was like, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, dude. I love it. I it love was cool it. as shit. Now, are you a Godsmack fan? I am. Met them, too. Dude, they seem like such a cool band. I'm seriously heartbroken that this is going to be their last album. I am. I am and I ain't. I'm anxious to see what they do after it. True. Because they're kind of like Five Finger to me. I love their first album. Mm Mm-hmm. But on everything since the first... Second album was good, too. I liked it, too. Yeah. But everything since then's kind of been like a rehash of that. Mm Mm-hmm. With songs here and there, yep. like I Stand Alone or The New One Scars, yep. uh, their cover of Rocky Mountain Way. They had songs that stood out along the way mm-hmm. over the last few years, but they're all such great musicians Yeah, and still young enough to yeah. where I don't think that them quitting is going to be the end. Yeah. I think They're not it, hanging up those, two, those instruments. Even if some no of way. them chill and yeah. don't do much else, uh I look for a possible reunion since mm-hmm. they're young, but I really think Sully's going to go do some more. I look for Sully to be kind of like a better version of what Corey Taylor's been. Yeah. Because I do think that, uh, I think he could probably out sing Corey. There's a good chance. 
it's two different skill sets. There. Yes. He's not going to out-screen Corey. No, no. <laughs> now, getting them two on an album together? Now, that would be some cool shit. Yes. And and, and that's and, that, and that's what's cool about Corey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really like Stone Sour that much, but I like some of his uh, solo stuff. Yeah. I think it's like Samantha something or whatever. I can't think of the song, but it's got like an yeah. 80s vibe and feel to it. Yeah. I like some of that stuff and everything. Uh, the new... Uh, the new Slipknot to me kind of sounds like it's got more of a stone sour. Mm. Maybe whoever does the stone sour or works on all his solo stuff right. works on it, so it's not quite Slipknot-ish as much mm-hmm. to me. But uh, he still covers that whole realm because, I mean, it's like if you listen to Slipknot, the mm. first two albums are like a whole different band compared to the last three. Yeah. Or the last one. I don't know exactly how many they got right now. They got a but, few. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, you know, you don't hear no Pink Floyd influence on the first two. Mm-mm. But on Snuff, I hear some Pink Floyd stuff going on yeah. in there. And, uh, y- you know, I, yeah. I hear more stuff going on. So yeah. he-, he can write with, like, everything. I, I don't. So right. it's, uh, and and Sully freeing up from Godsmack, uh-huh. I think we're going to see him spread out a little more. Oh, yeah. So, and I'm, I may lose my metal card on this, but I'm not a Slipknot fan. I'm not either, really. <laughs> I've, I've never really been a fan. Of, yeah, they got some good stuff. But I, I'm also not a corn fan either. So, you know, I, that realm is just not my style. I do kind of like Stone Sour. I like, you know, there's, I like that style. Right. Something right. about it is just some of the, I don't like all Stone Sour. There's a few songs that, I, that when they come on, I'm like, damn, that's really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, and, and, and I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Mm-hmm. All right, th- here's the thing. With Slipknot, I didn't like their first two albums. Mm-hmm. I liked the next two after that. Yeah. But I seen Slipknot on the Iowa tour. Ooh. They sucked. Oh, really? I, as much as I hate to say it, it was at Lakewood. Uh-huh. You're sitting there in front of 35,000 people. Yeah. And uh, everybody sat down. Oh, no. But before the end of their set, most everybody on the lawn was sitting down. It, mm. I, I don't know if it was a sound thing, if something was off, whatever, no. uh, but it just sucked. Just sucked. And I've never mm. cared to see them since. To, to give, <laughs> I, I might ought to give them a chance to change my mind, but mm. they, I've, I've seen a lot of live people, and so mm. live really makes a big difference. But I also yeah. understand the first two times I seen this, the first time I seen Disturbed, yeah. they were walking around hanging out, handing out demos. Stupefy wasn't even out. Oh wow! And they blew everybody away. They were freaking awesome. That's Second time I seen them, they were actually on the main stage. They were awesome. Dave mm-hmm. Draymond, I seen Dave Draymond run straight across the stage, almost in a full sprint, jump the speaker, and his feet touched the ground at the same time. He hit that, and it was like on from that point on. Duh. That shit was just badass. Duh. Third time I seen them. It looked like that some of it's just called it in. Didn't look like any of them wanted to be there. Oh, uh, yeah. Just Same way with System of Down. First mm. two times I seen them, they were awesome. Mm-hmm. Third time I seen them, didn't look like they wanted to be there. It's like, ah, we've made it. Y'all know who we are. Yep. And <laughs> they, they were actually headlining when it was the shit show. <laughs> and and, and uh, that was actually the year Mudvayne was there that year. Uh, no, not Mudvayne. Drowning Pool was there that year. Oh. And, uh... I had had uh, knee surgery. 
So I was on crutches when we got to the concert, and they was like, you can't carry crutches in. I just had knee surgery. So uh, they, I, I just threw my crutches down and went in, and all my buddies was like, they was like, we'll watch you, man. You're good. And uh, I was like, it's cool. I'm not going to get in any pits or anything. I'll take care of my knee. Man, drowning pole was badass. It was uh, it, it was daylight. It was on the asphalt. And as soon as they hit bodies, mm-hmm. and this was with the first lead singer. Yeah. This was with the first lead singer. Uh, Static X was there, too, that year. Oh. Wayne Static. Oh. Uh, but um, as soon as they hit bodies, I jumped in the pit. I couldn't <laughs> help it. I forgot about it. And my buddy Bebop, who passed away this past year, he was like, he told me before we got there, he's like, if you go in the pit, don't worry about it, dude. I got you. And he's just big. He's a big motherfucker, so I wouldn't worry. And, I mean, I'm big, and if I'm looking at him thinking he's a big motherfucker, he's a big motherfucker. And uh, so, damn, uh, I'm sitting there, and um, I, I just went in the pit and everything, and I got out. I was like, dude, you didn't follow me. He's like, I had to make sure you didn't fall, man. I couldn't follow you into that and take care of you. But, but it was good because Drowning Poe played that year, mm-hmm. and uh, that, that show in Atlanta – Ozfest took a two week break yeah. that they would take. During that two week break is when he passed. Damn. So as far as I know, that was the last show he played. Oh man. And so that was pretty awesome to be able to see that because yeah. they were they were a different band. Mm-hmm. I know that new lead singer they got, he's pretty good. Yeah. But uh they from before their lead singer passed to that they that dude was good. That's awesome. Like I said, I seen that in person. He was good. <laughs> Static X same way. Wayne Static was awesome live. Mm-hmm. I ain't seen this new version. I've seen videos with old buddy and everything, but no. I, I, I don't. Just can't do it, huh? Wayne Static <laughs> was good, dude. Yeah, uh, it's uh, that 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 was some good shows back in there because you had yeah. bands. Mashuga was there. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. See, I kind of kicked myself because I almost got tickets to see. This was 20, 2012, 2011, when Warrant, Skid Row, and I can never remember that third band that was playing, but they played Rome. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, that'd be a killer show. And I got to research it, and I'm like, I'm like so you're telling me that, all right, Laney's dead, so he's not going to be there. Yeah. Um, I think it was Allison Chains might have been part of it but sebastian bach's not gonna be there because right. he didn't do small shows because mm-hmm. fuck sebastian bach <laughs> yeah i love him to death and i love his music and i love his style but he's I'm the same ego way. man i'm the same way and i was like so it's gonna be basically three cover bands it's like nah i'm not going <laughs> yeah i'm not going and and i'm the same way because it's like i've passed up a chance to see skid row a couple times because they wasn't he wasn't there mm-hmm. but the reality is David Snake Sabo with Skid Row. Yeah. And that dude that pl- sings for him now is good. It oh, might, yeah, yeah. It might be. Uh, I think Todd LaTorre sings for Queens Rock now. I think that's right. It's yeah. one, one of the two. But e- either yeah. way. Yeah. And Skid Row's putting out a new album. They yep. got it. It's getting ready to drop. I was yep. like, jeez. Like, and they're fixing to go on tour. I think they're coming close somewhere, too. I'd like to, I'd like to see them. That'd be I cool. know he's got a new guitar and everything. It's a Kramer and it's got a snake on it. It's. I look at guitars every day and I'm like, you motherfucker don't buy shit. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I tell you, I've actually won tickets from a local radio station to see Megadeth, Five Finger, The Who, right there at Maris Bank, October 10th. Oh. Oh, yeah. I'm. 
I'm that stoked. That will be awesome. I'm stoked, dude. I cannot wait. That will be I might awesome. have to take you with me. I would be happy to go. I'd be <laughs> honored to go, dude. I've never actually seen Megadeth. Really? I've always wanted to see Megadeth, and I've never had a chance. Mm. It's And uh, Dave Mustaine is one of them for me. It's like, dude, when I was learning guitar... I learned mechanics instead of the Four Horsemen. Yeah. I, I went back and I learned the Four Horsemen because it's got another part. But I knew Dave Mustaine wrote mechanics and that he wrote most of them first two albums. I mean, you can hear it in the playing. And then it ain't a knock to James. No. James is still probably the best rhythm player that's ever been. Yep. But the only reason he's the best rhythm player that's ever been is because Dave Mustaine wanted to be more than just a rhythm player. <laughs> yeah. Dave Mustaine is a straight Badass. I guess we should thank Metallica for kicking him out, because without that, we wouldn't really, have Megadeth. Really, I, and, and, and you know he, uh, you, you know Kerry King mm-hmm. played the first five shows with with uh, Megadeth, yeah. and um, you know that's the spider hopping technique and a lot of the guitar stuff. Uh-huh. A lot of people don't realize Dave Mustaine championed that and mm-hmm. really come up with a lot of those thrash guitar. Yeah, if it wasn't for Dave Mustaine. <laughs> Dave Mustaine, Richie Blackmore, Ingvay Malmsteen, Randy Rhodes, and Eddie Van Halen. That—that's like the whole. That—that's that, like the that's like the six speed manual transmission, not the five. <laughs> you remember when the six <laughs> come out? Like, man, that some bitch is badass. Uh-huh. That that and, and and you know, your five speed transmissions. You know, that's David Gilmore and folks like that. So that's. Mm-hmm. You're still badasses. You're still legends. That's right. Y'all still on the Mount Rushmore, but this is the bigger Mount Rushmore. It's like I tell folks. You take Steve Vai and Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yes. And if if Steve Vai wanted to be that badass at blues, he would have been. If Stevie Ray Vaughan wanted to be that badass at shredding metal, Mm -hmm. he would have been. Yep. And you know the one that really disappoints me? Slash. I feel like he could have been so much bigger but he got stuck with Guns N' Roses, and that's not a knock on any of Going them. Going back to Guns N' Roses disappointed <laughs> me. Yeah. What he was doing, Miles, Slash is one of them. Have you ever read his book? I have not, but it is on my list. I got it if you want to borrow it. You're okay, more cool. than welcome to it, man. Very cool. Uh, Slash is great. Mm-hmm. I'm not knocking him in any way. <laughs> and But... but to go back to guns, yeah, with the stuff he was doing on his solo Velvet albums Revolver with Miles and, Kennedy and the Conspirators, uh-huh. I like what he was doing with Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators better than the Guns and Roses. And mm-hmm. honestly, mm-hmm. I think Slash is playing better now than he ever mm-hmm. has, and people ain't really noticing it. Yep, they they're going to see him play with Guns and Roses, but they're not hearing Anastasia. Mm-mm. Or rain's falling down, or, or back to Cali, <laughs> or none of that stuff that's on his solo albums with Miles. Saying because Miles, you know, he stepped in the Alter Bridge, mm-hmm. and I like Alter Bridge, mm-hmm. but uh, nothing. There, there's magic yeah. when Miles and Slash is together. Yes, that is good stuff. It's uh, Alter Bridge is good, yep. but I, I really like Tremonti's solo stuff I love more stuff. than yeah. Alter Bridge even. I was looking forward to his new album, but he never, you know, they put, yeah. Alter Bridge got a new one coming out, and here's a secret for you, I might get that interview. Oh, that would be freaking awesome. Yeah. Between, that would be. I've got, I've got three on the table, and I can say this here because this is going to be a special episode anyway. Um, 
I've got three on the table that I may just get before the end of the year, and that's Alter Bridge, Deep Fall, and uh, Fame on Fire. Dude. <laughs> yeah, Dude, I don't even care is... if it's a Zoom call. I don't even <laughs> care. I'm like, Zoom me, motherfucker. <laughs> that is awesome. Hey, fingers crossed, I mean, because yeah. those right there, I mean, Deep Fall and Fame on Fire, they are Killing it on Octane right now. Yeah, and and and, and they're good. Yeah, like, like I said, a lot a lot of stuff's lost the feel mm-hmm. to find bands like that that uh-huh. still. Well, well I, I guess it was a few years ago. I carried my daughter to I think it was Van's Warp tour. Yeah, Motionless and White was playing yeah. that year, and they were good. Motionless and White was good. Another band called uh, Kubla Khan. They yeah. were good. Uh, Scattered Hamlet was good. It surprised me. I didn't hmm. expect that, but. Uh, there's another band called, I think it was called Went in Rome, or We Came as Romans. Yes. I think one of yeah. them passed away since the show. I might be wrong or have it confused, but they were badass. i tell you who took the show for me, and it surprised me because I didn't see it. Especially when they started, I thought this is going to be some gimmicky shit. <laughs> Fucking Necro Goblicon. Oh, yeah. The dude, they were <laughs> awesome live. They, 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 they were... As far as metal goes in the last five, six years, they were one of the best metal bands live I've seen in a long time. They were the best band there that year for me. And, oh, and, wow. and I think following them, whoever that Ricky, what was that dude's name? He was a dick. He's a douche. Uh, yeah. Um, shit. Yeah, I know who you're talking Might about. Might be filing in reverse or something yeah. like that. Yeah. The, Ricky Racket. Ricky. Something yeah. like that. I don't know. Yeah. I'll tell you what they did. Cause this shit pissed me off. I don't like him. I'll be honest. They uh, got a lot of that. You, you you paid money, and then they did an autograph signing and everything. You get an autograph, you get a picture with them, yeah. with the band and everything. It was my daughter's birthday, so I took them up there for my birthday. That's what she wanted to do. They were the band she wanted to see. So signed. Uh, we we paid to meet them, get the signing, get the picture, and all that. And at their merch tent, it was like they'll sign anything you get. Hmm. So we bought extra shit. Yeah. Her uh, sister, she's, she's got a stepsister that she went with us and everything. So, you know, took them both. Yeah. Bought her a shirt, bought my daughter a shirt, bought them all this extra shit, CDs and everything to get autographed. Well, then they get over and they're like, they're not going to sign anything. No, motherfucker, I paid for this shit. <laughs> oh, hell no. They, they let the kids line up. They'd walk up, take a picture in front of the band, and then they just... I don't, the hands didn't even leave the, half the kids' backs, just motioning them through like that. Uh. And and you and there was like two hundred. There's doing two hundred people. Yeah. So all the parents, you know, there lots a lot of kids that. Yeah. So there was a lot of us parents there with our kids. Well, he was pissed off and everything. Now, he did sign an autograph. He signed her CD. But the reason he signed the CD is because we was raising hell, and he was behind the security guy. Hmm. And I reached the CD over the security guy's shoulder and mm-hmm. shoved it in his face, and I was like, sign my shit, motherfucker. <laughs> and uh, he signed it and handed it back and sitting there just eyeballing me. The whole, like, Fuck that shit. See, I hate that. I hate bands like that. He's a bitch. Yeah. I tell you straight up, he's a bitch. I don't know. I can't, like I said, I couldn't even come up with dude's name. I've, I've, I've bitched about it on Facebook and shit. People send me talk about it. That dude, he's fucking. One of, one of mine, this is a, this is one of my favorite stories. GFM. I don't know if you follow them. Gold, Frankincense, and Myrrh. They're uh, the three girls, the sisters. 
Mm-hmm. Dude, caught them at Masquerade. Not only did they take pictures with me, you know, after the show, they stayed after the show and they met everybody that came. That's awesome. Everybody. Hell, I think, shit, I know me and Amanda left at like, it was close to midnight just because I was in underground Atlanta and I was ready to go. <laughs> and, dude, I think, I talked to my buddy that worked the masquerade and he's like, dude, they didn't leave till almost two in the morning. They met every freaking body there, signed anything they asked them to. Hank Williams III was the same way. And the mm. winery dogs. Yeah. Hank Williams III, I seen him twice, and I seen him at uh, the first time I seen him, it, it was at the masquerade, the old masquerade, both yep. times. First time I seen him, you know, he does four, he does two hours of country. Then he's got a metal band called Ass Jack. Nice. So he does two hours of country and two hours of metal. And he's got a Les Paul with Punisher oh. skull on the headstock playing through a mess of boogie. And, and Hank Williams III. He can have anybody in the world play for him. He was the fucking rhythm player. Oh, he wow. sat there. He played his shit the whole time with the band and every damn thing, sang the songs. He filled his role, and he did it. That's awesome. And uh, he got, at the end of the damn show, that first one, he said, I'm Hank Williams III, and this is Ash Check Jack. <laughs> Thank you all for coming out. We'll see you next time. And he killed a beer, and he turned around. He threw it and busted it on the front of that Mesa Boogie and walked off stage while the band was still playing. Dude playing lead on a fiddle mm-hmm. and dude playing lead on a steel guitar through a Marshall stack. Badass. Dude. Second time I seen him at the end of the show, he said, I'm going to chill and drink a beer. Mm-hmm. He sat on the end of the stage till he drank a 12-pack. Talked to everybody in there. And I told, I, I told him, I was like, man, last time I seen you, when I got up to talk to him mm-hmm. and everything, I was like, last time I seen you, I was able to get a pick that you threw out in the crowd. And... uh I said, I was trying to get one this time, wasn't able to get it. And he said, here you go. Pulled it out of his pocket. Same pick. Little alien, had a little alien face on it. Same yep. shit you buy at Music Depot in Cedartown. <laughs> and uh, damn, uh, I still got them. He signed them. And then the winery dogs, I seen them at uh, Variety Playhouse. Mm-hmm. Dude, they were awesome. It was me and Ken Stringer. We went and seen them. And mm-hmm. uh, Richie Cotson, Billy Sheehan. Uh-huh. And uh, Mike Portnoy, yeah, they, dude, they sat there. They hung out with uh, with everybody outside the bus. Uh-huh. The only one that didn't hang out was Portnoy. But yeah. Portnoy come out there, and Portnoy talked to everybody, and he said, "Look, y'all, I appreciate it. I'm having fun, but I've drank a little bit too much, so I'm gonna be on the bus." But Shin and uh, Richie Cotson, yeah, they sat there. I know we was there for two hours or whatever. They were still yeah. out there talking, signing things for people. I love they, that. I mean, Cots and you know, I, you know, I'm I, like you was talking about being a nerd. Yeah, I'm a nerd, and it's followed me into playing guitar. <laughs> so I was like, dude, why don't your Telecaster sound like nobody else? <laughs> and he was like, because my Telecaster is uh, not made out of the same kind of wood. And it turns out, you know, his uh, Telecaster is a uh, swamp ash. Oh. And he's got a maple cap on top. Oh, shit. You know, most of your Telecasters ain't made that way. No. So uh, that explained a lot of why, you know, because I was like, dude, you don't use a pick, and you still get this tone out of a Telecaster of everything. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that's the country uh. king. <laughs> don't get me wrong, I like them because I like all guitars. Yeah. But uh, I was like, hey, and, and I mean, the dude's just that good. That's cool. But, That's but cool. Yeah, they, I mean, he explained everything. He explained mm-hmm. his rig, which is really simple. He just runs one RK5 pedal to whatever amp they got for him. 
Mm. Most of his sound is that pedal. I got that pedal on my board, and, and I don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> I just use the hands. I'm like, shit. Yeah. Don't sound like that for me, Richie. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, I've noticed a lot of the you know the country guys. You know, Hank, Cash, all those guys. You know, all their kids. They kind of went a little bit different direction. Best example, Shooter Jennings. Yeah. But his stuff, man. It's good stuff. Oh, God, yeah. There's there's one album with Shooter called Black Ribbons. Yeah. Where Stephen King actually narrates in between. Oh, man, it's so freaking good. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> I, I like old Lucas Nelson a lot. Yeah. And uh, Devin Allman. Mm-hmm. They, uh, I, I like what a lot of them are doing. Yeah. The newer people. It's like... Uh, I tend to get associated with metal mm-hmm. because I'm because I love it and I'm more vocal about it probably yeah. honestly. But the reality is, as far as music goes, for mm-hmm. me it's like heavy lays in the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Your lyrics have to move me. Yep. Like I love Dimebag. My mm-hmm. right arm, I got Dimebag, Randy Rhodes, and Zach Wild portraits tattooed to it. Mm-hmm. And but as much as I love Dimebag, the lyrics in Pantera is just as heavy. Yeah. You know, uh, songs like uh, I'm Broken. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's good, deep lyrics. If you actually, you take the music away from people that don't like that style of music. Right. And let them read the lyrics as a poem, and they're going to be like, this is good. Mm-hmm. Cemetery Gates, This yep. Love, Hollow, Tens, yeah. Floods, all that stuff. It's great stuff. And uh, so my music, it's like, one one song might be Slayer, and the next song might be That's My Job by Conway Tweedy. Uh, but uh, the thing is, the lyrics is where the heaviness lays. And if you yeah. can make me think, make me feel something, mm-hmm. that's what makes something heavy to me. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. What, that's why it's like, I think that's why I like we was talking how the, the level of quality across the board. Mm-hmm. It's like the level of lyrics yeah. have gone away. Yeah, because you got, you know, nine or ten people now writing songs. And they're just, you know, trying to go with the beat, trying to get, hey, this is out there. Whereas right. used to, it was one to two guys sitting around talking about some, you know, hey, I like that. Let's yeah. put this in there. Yeah. You know. And, and and you got so much stuff that's automated. You have yeah. people that, like, we're we're just songwriters and we're going, like, like Aerosmith. I posted one day on how folks say they love Aerosmith and then they won't go back past permanent vacation. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, I, I, Aerosmith, Joe Perry is one of the people that made me play guitar, so I love everything they did except for the Just Push Play album. That was some shit. <laughs> the song Jaded was okay, but the whole album, it was yeah. shit. Yeah. Uh, but it's like uh, that early stuff, it was like a whole different band. Mm-hmm. You can tell when Desmond Child started help, helping to write with them, and I understand it brought them a lot of money and yeah. everything. I've seen Steven Tyler in an interview where he talks about mm-hmm. what he makes now hosting things. Yeah. It just squashes what he's made with Aerosmith. Yep. And uh, and I understand that. I'm, you know, everybody, we all are at the wheel of the bills we pay, I do believe, to an extent. Yep. And... Um, that early stuff, Aerosmith, you can tell when the Desmond Child started. And I think now mm-hmm. a lot of what gets pushed is written by a lot of Desmond Child fuckers. Yeah. Well, that didn't really sound right, but you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I do. Those kind of people that mm-hmm. – and, and some of them are great. I mm-hmm. mean, like, like what's Bob Rock did it for Metallica. 
Yep. I thought, yeah, and Rick Rubin does it for some people. Yep. Rick, Rick Rubin, though, I won't really put him in. Maybe the latter Rick Rubin yeah. I can put in their category, but the stuff he did with Beastie Boys and Slayer mm-hmm. and, you know, the early stuff he mm-hmm. done, he was really spreading out and getting every. He, he, I don't think he was really helping trying to write with folks and stuff like right. that. Whereas Desmond Child, like I said, you can. Yeah. He, he, he's just the easiest example to point out. He kind of Yoko Ono'd. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because the same. I mean, it's been going on for years. Because I mean, look at the Beatles, and you got Yoko, and right. you can see that influence there. Yeah, you can tell when they add an outside influence uh-huh. to the right. And sometimes, sometimes it works. Yeah, and uh, sometimes you're like, this ain't it. Right. Like I posted earlier uh, <laughs> a comment on Facebook to someone. Uh, I posted a Elton John song. I guess that's why they call it blues, and said so I think it's one of the best written songs ever. It's mm-hmm. in my top ten anyway, but. Uh, Somebody commented about Lennon and McCartney, and I was like, I still put Elton John and Bernie Taupin above them, as long as them two are together. Yeah, separate, I don't like shit. <laughs> <laughs> but together, them two yeah. are their force. Yep, exactly. And it's <laughs> like of... Bo and Luke do. Lance and Vance didn't. No, <laughs> hell they didn't no. Fill the role. <laughs> hell no. Mm-mm. We ain't even gonna talk about it on here. We ain't even gonna go there. <laughs> but. Um, you know, and me, like I said, you know, metalhead to an extent, but I also, look, I'm a Nickelback fan just because Cream the rips. rises to the top. Yeah. I mean, Beastie Boys always been one of my go-tos because mm-hmm. they were just, there was something about them. Yeah. I still love all that stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I grew up, I was born in Florida, but I actually grew up up the street here on Smith Street in Westside. Okay. So I was the only white kid on the bus until I got <laughs> high school and everything. And you know, so I, I was seven, eight years old walking down the street. You know, the people, I, the people I heard walking down the street was listening to the dogs. Yeah. Your mama's on crack rock and shit like that. So I, I grew up singing stuff like that and LKL Cool J along yep. with everything that I heard on Night Tracks because we didn't have MTV around here. Yep. So <laughs> it's, um, I'm a, I'm a mess there. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, not really a mess because, hell, I'm fine with it. <laughs> and I don't give a shit what nobody else thinks about it. But you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like all that influence is in, is, is in there. Yeah. And I like it all. Because yep. it's all, I mean, Prince is one of my favorites. Oh, God, yeah. And, and I mean, it's... And I'll be honest with you, it, it kind of bothers me that they're actually going to release some stuff of Prince that he had in his vault. It does and it don't. It's cool that they're doing it, but as picky as Prince was, there's a reason those are in the vault and he didn't drop them. And, 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 and that's why I say it, it comes back to how they do it. Uh-huh. I don't know how much of the stuff... Some people that put things back like that mm-hmm. put it back with the intention to release later. Right. If it is some stuff mm-hmm. he, he had intent to, to release mm-hmm. later, then I'm all for it. If yeah. it's stuff he didn't want, then they're just making the money. Right. If the estate's in a situation where it needs the money, then I'm for it. Yeah. Because that's kind of out of his hands and nobody knows what decision he would make. That, that's the same way I feel about the Pantera reunion. Yeah. I'm going to go see it. Oh, yeah. I'm not, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not missing that shit. But at the same time, I, you know, I'm a, like I said, I got Dimebag tattooed to my arm and Zach. That's, mm-hmm. that's how big a fan I am of a lot of the people involved. 
and yeah. I've seen all the interviews and yeah. the videos. I know it's not what Vinny would want. Right. But at the same time, his house just got auctioned off. True. I don't and know why, and I don't know if it's because of the state that his estate mm-hmm. is, was left in or is in by people that's controlling it since. Mm-hmm. If that is the reason, then uh, as long as the money's done right by yeah. Vinny and Dime, yeah. then I'm all for it because that's something that's out of their hands that they couldn't have looked for, they True. couldn't have uh, planned for. Yep. And that's just a state of, you know, we need the money to keep this going. Yeah, and, and I feel like if Zach is involved in it, he's going to do as much as he can to preserve what they would want. Right, and I've already seen uh, Charlie yep. say that he's going to – he want, he wants it to be to where you close your eyes, you think Vinny's sitting there playing. Yep. He, and and he's, he's good enough. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he is good enough. And, and Zach, the same way. That, that's the thing that gets me. Zach's one of those – Zach's a different – he's his own beast. Yes. He, he is almost too good because uh-huh. it's like, you know, I'm – I, I'm big on Zach. Mm-hmm. The the No More Tears album. I, I probably know, as far as guitar playing goes, I probably know more of the No More Tears album than yes. any other album. <laughs> that or Reinventing the Steel and Vulgar Display of Power. Those three yeah. albums, I probably, and some and Alice in Chains of Dirt. Those albums were really big to me. And it's like, uh, you can hear the change in Zach. From the first album, No Rest to the Wick for the Wicked. Yep. And, and I understand it. Like he said, you know, I got blonde hair. I'm playing a Les Paul. That's why I put the bullseye on me. I know I'm a target. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to change my style. That way I don't look like a Randy clone. Yeah. So he started listening to the Almond Brothers, and he brought that Southern rock. Yep. If you listen to the uh, No More Tears album without a, this is this genre of music. Mm-hmm. It sounds like Leonard Skinner or Blackfoot on steroids. Oh, that's That's great. exactly what that album sounds like to me. And Zach just freaking obliterates the he, he, that whole album he goes off on. And I understand the change in his tone. And he's went so far in that he, he's, he's just unreal. Yeah. Him dialing himself back enough to replicate Dime. And, and that's the thing. Dime is just... He, he he's just as much. Yeah. And it, it, it I've always described it as it's like uh, when it comes back to the harmonics. Mm-hmm. Zach's harmonics is like Terminator Two. Yeah. When Arnold Schwarzenegger walks through there and he pulls the guns out. I know it's the Guns and Roses because he was a big Guns and Roses fan and uh-huh. had them do all that shit. But when he walks through that hall and pulls them guns out, it's like boom, boom. That's what Zach's playing is like is harmonic. Yeah. But Dimes playing is like where old T-1000 just sticks his finger through that bitch's shoulder. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> just as piercing, just as mean, just uh-huh. as menacing, just as violent, and just, uh, yeah. you, you know what I'm yep, saying? I do. So I I'm do. interested to see what that's going to be because uh, anybody saying Zach can't sound like you. Are you a damn fool? Can you not hear how good the that man can do whatever he wants yep. on a guitar? Yep. Period. Yep. The, the uh, that's all there is to it. The mm-hmm. only equals he have can do whatever they want <laughs> on a guitar. Period. Yep. <laughs> and, and 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 that, and that's the thing about it. 
when you get to looking at the Pantheon, mm-hmm. those equals are people like Steve Vai, Jerry Reed, uh, Burton. Yes. Gilbert. There, there's so many great yep. players. There's Once you reach a certain level, there ain't mm-hmm. no greatest. It's, it's, it's just, yeah. we, we own Rushmore. <laughs> yep. That, that's just what it that's is. That's it. That's it. And, you know, going back to the estate thing, you know, songs in the vault. You know, people pulling stuff out. You know, Garth, I'm a huge Garth fan. Yeah. Because I always have been. <laughs> but, you know, when he pulled his stuff out for that Walmart collection. Yeah. He pulled a lot of stuff out that he had written years ago that was never finished. Like, it was missing a verse. It was missing a bridge, whatever. And he went back and, you know, added all that stuff. Right. Which, if you listen to it, you can kind of hear a lot of the old Garth. But at the same time, you're like, well, this is new stuff, but. Right. You know, and if you separate Garth from Chris Gaines, the pop thing, <laughs> yeah. dude, that Chris Gaines album is freaking great. Yeah, it, it was for for what it was. For what it was, yes. Yeah. And if you separate, if you don't go into it going, well, this is Garth on pop, you know, it's like, all right, this is a completely different guy. It's just, you know, new music. Right. You're like, damn, this is actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> That's like Taylor Swift. I'll, uh, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. Mm-hmm. But I will give her credit. She never come out and said, my stuff is this or my stuff is this. It, it's just her stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, it started as country. Now it's pop if you got to put a label on it. But the reality is uh, some people just are pop. Yeah. That's why you have some people that just write great pop music. Yep. And that, that's yep. how I felt about the early Beatles. Yeah. They were great pop songwriters. Yep. I'm not big on a whole lot of pop music. That's why... As far as Beatles go, I recognize them more for their influence. Yes. As far, and I do like a lot of their stuff, but it's the later stuff. After they got on the acid and the psychedelics yeah. and the stuff they started <laughs> writing after that and all mm-hmm. that, experimenting, letting the music flow and yep. all that. That's more, I'm not into, I want to hold, I don't want to hold shit. <laughs> I don't want to hold nobody's hand. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and you start... You start putting labels on stuff, and that's really where you start messing up. Because, exactly. I mean, country and pop, they're practically interchangeable. At one point, country and rock were damn near interchangeable because yeah. you had, I mean, taking back to Montgomery Gentry, hell, they were this close to being a rock band. Yeah. So, I mean. And a lot of those bands, they really are rock bands if mm-hmm. you see them live. Yeah. Like, as far as local bands, I know uh, I got some friends, uh, Steel Dixie. Yes. And, and, and love them to death. And yep. The, and I know they're they seem to be posed as more country, but they're not really country. Yeah, to Southern me. rock, Southern rock, and that's what I get away with playing them on here. I had Alex sitting right where yeah. you are. Yeah, that was a hell of an interview. Yeah, and and and, and, and he's got good guitar tone and yeah. everything. Yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing you start pigeonholing these bands. And you know, when I was growing up and and. I, I guess it was towards the end of the... I guess it was after the Tipper Gore shit. Once they started putting parental advisory on songs, mm-hmm. then stuff started being labeled more. Yep. Because then, you know, you just had hard rock. Yep. And, I mean, it wasn't yeah. as much... Now you got thrash metal, new metal. Uh-huh. And, you know, speaking of new metal, you was talking about corn earlier. Yeah. I hated corn until I saw them live. Mm-hmm. Seeing them live changed my mind. Whereas <laughs> seeing Slipknot live changed my mind the opposite <laughs> way. But when I seen corn live, the first time was at the Georgia Dome. 
And that oh. son of a bitch started thumping that bass, and you could feel the floor shake. That's awesome. That was badass. That is awesome. And uh, I became a corn fan at that moment. Matter of fact, first time I saw corn was the first summer sanitarium tour. Okay. And it was System of a Down, Power Man 5000, Corn, Kid Rock, and Metallica. Oh. James Hetfield didn't come out. And uh, what what happened after after everybody played and everything? Mm-hmm. First off, Corn uh, blew all the rest of them away. Corn really? and Power Man Five Thousand. Power Kid. Man Five Thousand was just I mean when they hit the scene I mean it was like here yeah, we go. Yeah. And, and this was right after they hit because Worlds Collide was still big on yep. the radio and everything uh, at the time. So they were actually good live, but System of a Down and Corn they were both. Badass. Well, after they all played and everything, Kid Rock had strippers on stage with him, but that was the best thing about his show. Yeah. I wasn't, I didn't, <laughs> I'm not, I, I wasn't a fan. I don't like Kid Rock. But, uh, I mean, I like him as a person, but yeah. not, I, I'm not into shit. But damn, uh, they come out, Jason Newstead was still playing at the time. This might have been the last tour he was on, even maybe. Oh, wow. But Jason Newstead come out and he was like, James isn't feeling good. Bear with us for a little bit, and we're going to come out. Mm-hmm. Well, about 20 minutes after that, they come out, and, I mean, the lights were on and everything, so it wasn't like everything was lower dark for the show and all that shit. Yeah. And Jason Newstead come out first, and he's like, James isn't going to be able to play tonight. So what we're going to do, and this is why I always love Metallica. Mm-hmm. He says, so what we're going to do is... uh." If there's anyone in the back that's ever wanted to jam with us, y'all just come out and we're just going to jam. Wow. And, you know, we'll jam whatever. And uh, he said, but for the people that showed up, keep your tickets. Go back to where you got your tickets. And mm-hmm. we're going to come back and we're going to give you a free show. That's cool. And it, it, it really was. Wow. So uh, everybody from the other bands just come out and hung out on stage and all that shit. And... Uh, the uh, they 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 done corn played one with them, oh. Jonathan Davis singing. Uh, they did uh, Darren from System of a Down played Sanitarium and sang it without missing a beat. I mean, they played the whole song. Some of the songs they just jammed part of. Yeah, they did Sanitarium. Darren from System of a Down <laughs> sang it and played every bit of it. Didn't miss nothing, and. Uh, they said, we're going to do Master of Puppets. And Jason Newstead said, is there anyone out here that would like to sing? And, you know, it's 56,000 people. Yeah. Everybody's raising their hand, going crazy. And uh, Jason Newstead says, this is what's going to happen. And they had this big, this huge motherfucker sitting on the side of the stage, some security guy. Mm-hmm. And he said, we're going to pull someone out, and we're going to let you sing Master of Puppets. The first lyric you miss, that man's going to throw you in the mosh pit. <laughs> And that's all there is to it. And this will be y'all's only chance to sing tonight. And uh, they pull this dude out. Dude missed the first lyric. Oh. Missed the first lyric. And he's still sitting there with a microphone. And that big dude just walks up behind him. You know how people come up behind you and grab you by your wing? Yeah. Your chest muscle behind uh-huh. you. Stick your thumb up in there and that uh. shit hurts. This is about a 170 pound man. That big dude just walked up behind him, grabbed him by his wings like that from behind him, and just picked that dude up and threw him about 
10 foot out into the top of that mosh pit because they was going on Master of Puppets. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if our buddy made it out of the pit or not, but that shit fucked him if, up. If you missed the first lyric of Master of Puppets, he didn't make it out. Right. Our condolences, sir. But after that, Darren played it and sang it, didn't miss a beat. They ended up, by the end of the night... Kid Rock had the American badass where he covered. By, this is another reason why I don't like Kid Rock. Mm. He covered Metallica. <laughs> he covered Metallica with American badass. So they're like, all right, he covered us. Let's get him to sing Sad But True. So they play Sad But True. Mm-hmm. And and uh, his band, that Kenny Olsen dude that played lead for him and Jason Krause that played yeah. guitar, they were playing with... Uh, Kirk on it and everything. They're like, we're going to do Sad But True and everything. And uh, two lyrics in, he misses the lyrics. And he's got the lyrics wrote on a piece of paper. That, motherfucker, you made millions off this band covering them. And you got to write the lyrics to the no. song you covered on a piece <laughs> of paper. And you still going to miss it. And you're going to miss it to the point where y'all all going to stop on stage and just start over and do American Badass. No. Instead of Sad But True. No, you're fired. No, you're fired. <laughs> no shit that happened. But. This is another thing that's cool that night. They, uh, while Kid Rock was up there, mm-hmm. because of the shit, the type of shit he does, they did uh, "Fortunate Son" by Credence. Yeah. And uh, every band I've been in since this show, I've done "Fortunate Son" in, and I've done it like them because they just blew it the fuck out. <laughs> they, but but what was funny was a. Uh, you know, Kirk Hammett catches a lot of flack. People's like, he's not all that. Kirk Hammett's a great fucking guitar player. I don't give a shit what nobody <laughs> says. That motherfucker. If you, motherfuckers know him, and they don't know who you are. So, yeah. Uh, but he's, you know, Metallica has their thing. They have their sound. They're in the E and all that and everything. And So, Kirk don't venture out of that whole lot and everything. Well, when they was playing Credence, old buddy from Kid Rock got over there beside him, and he was... He was going off, supposedly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was doing some shit. He was making faces right there next to Kirk. Come time to trade off and play a solo. Kirk smoked that motherfucker's shit <laughs> like it wasn't nothing. Like I mean, like he did this shit on Sunday while he was recovering from a hangover. He made it look that simple. Uh, and that dude did not get nowhere next to him the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hide over in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Kirk, he asserted himself in that song. That's but, great. uh. That that ended up being a great show. That's awesome. And when they came back, they brought Corrosion of Conformity with them. Oh, lovely. So that was badass. Hell yeah. <laughs> Dude, that would be awesome. Dude, we got to see Saving Abel at the Masquerade. Dude, you talk about like, there, I'm not going to say there wasn't a crowd, but there was enough, there was barely enough people to fill three rows when they brought everybody down. I mean, they pulled people out of the balcony. They're like, look, yeah. everybody get close. Well, it was a Sunday night. Yeah. It was a Sunday night. Hell, I had to work the next morning. My ass yeah. was still there. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, man, I ain't missing this. And, dude, it was so cool. I mean, there was a kid. He he probably wasn't seven on his dad's shoulders, earmuffs, just fucking rocking. That's awesome. He, he fist bumped, you know, uh, Saving Able, lead singer, dude. Yeah. It was cool. It was That's cool awesome. as shit. I loved it. I love to see the kids at shows yes. like that. That's like Bug. When she was little, I was more into metal, and I, I, all I played was metal. I was four years. She was four years old, and I'd, I'd sit there and I'd play walk, and she'd sit there and sing it, oh. and she'd be like, "Walk on home, boy," and everything. <laughs> she loved it. She'd sit there and I'd play Super Beast by Rob Zombie. She loved. She knew that song word <laughs> for word. 
Oh, she that's loved a, it. That's good raising right there. <laughs> yeah. Man, dude, I, I hate to do this. It's been over an hour. Really? Yeah. Don't even seem like it. It don't. We're going to do this again. Holler anytime. We are going to do this again. Man, I appreciate you coming out hanging out with the pit. I appreciate you having me. And I tell you what, look this one up. This might restore your faith in Kid Rock a little bit. If you watch the 2013 Hall of Fame induction of the Beastie Boys, he's on stage with Questlove and a couple other guys. I seen that. He, he tore it up. He did. He did. He did. He, <laughs> and that, I, liked the, I liked him before he come out. I like grit sandwich for breakfast yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. They're, they're, there's a difference. Mm-hmm. It's like two different artists. Yeah. And 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 that, that's the thing about it. Saying I'm not into something. Yeah. I liked Cowboy. Yeah. I I, I liked Bow to Bow. Yeah. Bull God. I, I and I still like all mm-hmm. that stuff. But as far There's as all summer long, well, let me just be honest. My favorite version <laughs> of Sweet Home Alabama mm-hmm. is actually Werewolves of London. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So I've heard that song enough. You ain't got to throw your own lyrics. It, it, it's when he got to where the, I don't know if he let other people start writing for him or if he just started going to the pop stuff. Because mm-hmm. he's actually got a song, you know, like we was talking about Slash. Mm-hmm. Slash solo album where he got other people to sing. Yeah. Have you ever heard the one they did together called I Hold On? I think so. I'll it's have to go back. Song. He's got one he did with Chris Cornell on there called Promise, if you ain't never heard it. Shit. Okay. That is well worth checking out. I'll check that. Because it's, it's a Cornell. He's a. I love Cornell, mm-hmm. but I'm not big into his solo stuff. I, Audio Slave just had like two songs. Yep. But the uh, <laughs> you, Bad Motor Finger is still a beast. Yes, it is. That shit is uh, awesome. <laughs> that, that's I love, one. And Super Unknown, everything by Soundgarden, I love. Yeah, Soundgarden was amazing. And I'll be honest with you. I was not a big Linkin Park fan. I, I didn't. I, I can't even. I don't like a single song by them. Their last album before Chester passed, died, killed himself, whatever you want to call yeah. it. That album sucked. I believe you. God, that album sucked. <laughs> I ain't even got to hear it to believe you. I remember I was playing in a band when that first one of their come. Like that, Everything you say to me. Yeah. And and, and some other oh, guitar player come in his life. Man, we got to do this song. I figured it out. I was like, man, fuck you. <laughs> I don't want to do that shit. And I, and I wasn't even trying to be mean. That shit was just... Lame is lame. Yeah. I don't give a fuck how popular it is. Lame yeah. is lame. Yeah. And that shit fucking sucked yeah. to me. Yeah. And I, I hate it because I really like Chester. Mm-hmm. Everything I seen him do outside of it. And, and when he would actually sing, uh-huh. I liked it yeah. on some of the songs. If he had like a, his own... Actual rock band mm-hmm. instead of that rap rock hybrid shit. Yeah. I, it might have been Shinoda that I wasn't big into, and I understand if I'm not mistaken, he was like probably the brains behind it. Yeah, from what I've understood, I don't know for sure, but oh. that's not that kind of influence from me is odd because mm-hmm. it, it's like more of a rap influence, and it ain't that I don't like rap because I do like rap, mm-hmm. but it's like I'm, I'm not into all rap. Right. Like, I got DMX, I got Tupac, I got Big Daddy Kane, mm-hmm. I got people like that, Beastie yeah. Boys, LL Cool J. I got all that stuff on my shit that can play at any minute and everything, but I, I not, not all of anything is good. No. It's not. <laughs> it's not. Look, I'm a huge uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot fan. Yeah. Always have been. 
But some of his later stuff, like Daddy's Home and a couple of those were just, they weren't there at, you know, Baby Got right. Back with, you know, Mac, yeah. Mac Daddy, whatever. Yeah, I mean, there, yeah. There, there, there's a difference. Mm-hmm. There, there's, like I said, cream rises to the top. Mm-hmm. Not all, that, that's, that's yeah. why things are the way they are. Exactly, exactly. Even, even Vanilla Ice put out a metal album. I see it. And it was actually all right. It really was. <laughs> it was. It's uh, and, and you know the bands along the way like Snot. Yeah. I hate that we'll never get no more Snot. I know we had one album. Mm-hmm. I listen to some of it every single day. Yeah. And uh, that's you know that's got a rap influence. Mm-hmm. It's got a hip hop vibe to mm-hmm. a lot of it, but it's still got that punk thrash in it and everything. Yeah. And I, I love that. Yeah. Now so, you're a punk guy. Are you a flogging Molly or I like flogging Molly. Dropkick Murphys? I like Dropkick Murphys. Dude, Dropkick Murphys when they dropped that what was it eleven songs of whatever. Yeah. God, that was that was one of their first ones that I actually was able to listen to from front to back. Yeah, I like all that stuff. A lot of that reminds me of madness from the '80s that I grew yep. up on and stuff yep. like that. And I, I like the Mighty Mighty Boston's. I like to hear a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I, I like that first No Doubt album. Yeah, Tom Dumont is a killer guitar player, and that was some good songwriting. Mm-hmm. But you could tell in the in, in the span because I seen them one year. Yeah, I seen it was them Journey. It was Music Midtown. They were there. Journey was there. Mystical was there. Yeah. Mystical was badass. Hell yeah. Uh, Puddle of Mud sucked. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Puddle One of Mud. One song. One song. <laughs> this was before the internet fuck up where it sounded like the damn AOL shit trying to log on. Uh. This was before that shit. This was when they was big. <laughs> they sucked. You would figure. You know, they're not a, they're not really a metal band or they're whatever the fuck they were. Yeah. And uh, decent songs for what the, the teen angst or whatever. Yep. Blurry was a good song. Yep. Uh, but um, you would figure they'd at least blow Journey away. At least be louder. Mm-hmm. Hell no. Journey, it's like Journey walked up and just put a cigarette out on that shit. Like, get the fuck out of here. Dude, dude. when Journey's the loudest band on the stage, there's a problem. Journey, and, and I and love Journey. <laughs> me too. Journey, they and and it wasn't with the original singer, and ain't with this wasn't with the singer they got now. It was that Ojiri guy. Yeah. But uh, Bela Fleck and the Flecktones was there too that year with special guest Steve Martin. Oh shit! Steve Martin wailing on a banjo live is fucking awesome, dude. If you don't ever, get, if you ever get a chance to catch that, dude, and. and Bela Fleck, I don't know if you're into him. Uh, if any, how many people out there is into him? It's a quirky thing, <laughs> but that's some of the best musicians. Him, I think Victor Wooten was there playing bass that year. So I mean, it was really a good show. No doubt was actually good too. Yeah. But it's like, like I said, going back to them, mm-hmm. you could tell that that one album was written from mm-hmm. a hurtful experience. Great songs on that album. Yep. Everything after that fucking sucked. Yeah. Hey baby, hey, what the fuck was that? Shit? Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, well, that's like um, which I mean, you know, they were whatever the fuck they were, but yeah, again, <laughs> in that spiderwebs video, that's yeah. I'll always remember that shit. There you go, there you go. Well, that's like the band Perry. You remember that country band? Yeah. Well, they've been like three different genres now because uh-huh. they they went full country and then they went to like kind of sort of pop and then they went into like this synth pop. Yeah, e- emo, and and, and see, like, things huh? like that for me. Mm-hmm. If that's what you evolve to, yeah, 
I appreciate the involvement, right? And be and the being true to what you do because mm-hmm. uh, I, I I I doubt they have as many listeners as they did, right? Because of the change, mm-hmm. I might be wrong or anything, but the ones they still have, mm-hmm. they care about them people, yeah, and they're gonna follow them, yeah. And that's and that's how you build it. You just be true to what you do, and mm-hmm. if you can be yourself and people gravitate to it, that's yeah. That's the way to be. Did you ever jump on the um, that uh, what was it the dubstep? Never jumped on the dubstep bandwagon no. that was out for a while. No, not 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 quite. There was a there was a girl, Lindsay Sterling. I don't know if you checked her out. She's a fiddle player. I've heard the name. And she did some dubstep fiddle playing during that time. God, she was just badass. Just I mean, I have to check it out because yeah. I've heard the name. Yeah, she she's awesome. She is awesome. I'd love to get an interview with her if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) And see, and coming back to my studio, coming back to here, what we were talking about, we got a great mix of local artists and local talent and Mm. close talent. Right. Do you realize that the Mosh Pit studio is actually like in the best prime location? It is. It's a good spot. I mean, we're less than two hours from Chattanooga. From Chattanooga to Atlanta, you got to pass us. Mm-hmm. From Birmingham to South Carolina, you got to pass us. That's it. I mean, we're 45 minutes at best from 20. In the middle of the hub. Yeah. Because both places are just covered with music. Yes. And great musicians. Yes. And we're off the main route of where you got to pass. Mm-hmm. Just pull over here. We got a barbecue place that's great. Have yep. you eat over here? I, I hadn't ate over here yet. It's great. It's great. Great. They're not even sponsored, but I'll tell you right now, they're good. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the plates. It looks good. Every time I've been by there, they've been closed. Mondays and Tuesdays. They're open Wednesday through Sunday. Gotcha. So. That makes sense because, like I said before, I try. I, I tend to avoid downtown. Mm-hmm. Usually when I do make it a trip, it's during the days when I don't expect it to be busy. Exactly. Monday, Monday and Tuesday, Tuesday, everything's closed. Yeah. I try to get my, like, it, you know, I, I'll get groceries at like 7 o'clock Sunday morning. <laughs> yep. Avoid everybody at all possible. Yeah. <laughs> when I come to town, I pretty much come here. Yeah, I mean, if I'm hungry, and this is cool. Like I said, you know, earlier, I didn't even realize you had the, I had the studio, the art studio, and everything. That's awesome. Yeah, nobody looks. I hate that curve right there at the post office. Yeah, because people come around at a hundred miles an hour, especially if that light's green. Right. I mean, they're through, and then they're in Cedar Town. I tell you, I think a lot of it is the fact that a lot of the traffic through here mm-hmm. is the people that's grown up here, and they tend to already know what's mm-hmm. here. Yeah. And there's no point in learning because it's going to be gone in three months. Yeah, right. I mean, you like I said, you grew up here. You, we both did. You know. Yeah. Nothing lasts. Right. Nothing ever lasts. It's like, oh, there's a new building. They'll be closed in six months. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's sad mm-hmm. reality. But I guess it's part of a small town. It is. Uh, I mean, what's your alternative? We turn into Woodstock and you got people from... Corner to corner, uh, it's uh, a sm- small towns ain't really conducive to modern society. Mm-mm. Everybody wants to show, mm-hmm. and and uh, that everybody wants to show in a small town is a uh, Carter country. Yeah, whereas the big city is in the heat of the night. Yep, you know. So yep. I guess that's all. I can best way I can put it. And the one thing that scares me is when they finish that four lane off of one thirteen, 
that'll that'll directly hit Red Top Mountain to seventy five. Yep. I mean, you pretty much take everything out of Rock Mart from there uh-huh. because nobody's. You don't have to come through here anymore. I mean, you already don't come down here because of the bypass. Right. But now you'll have a straight shot seventy five Woodstock Cartersville wherever you want to go. Yeah. Maybe enough folks have gravitated here in the past few years to counterbalance that uh-huh. because of some of the stuff they're trying to bring, you mm-hmm. know, like... The amphitheater? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I don't know. I, I, I hate to see it go. Yeah. You know, because I like my little town. It's, yeah. It's, uh, I've worked... Man, I've I've worked anywhere from Texas to Massachusetts. I I spent most of my work career on the road, yeah. working out of town. Yeah. And I honestly love being home. Yeah. I don't I don't want to go. It's. Mm-mm. And, and at the same time, I, I want it to stay like it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do want those little special attractions. I I, 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 I want it to stay like it is. Mm-hmm. I just want folks to start showing up. Yep. That's it. Because if folks would start showing up for what is here, mm-hmm. then it ain't. Yeah. It, it, we ain't got to get the shit we don't want. No. We don't need a target. Exactly. I'll tell you that right now. We don't need a target. Right. I don't want a target. I hate target. The Walmart is probably bigger than what we need. Yeah. I was fine with Super D. Yes. I can remember being six years old, walking through Westside. I'd get my allowance for cleaning my room. I'd walk down here. Mm-hmm. I'd go to Super D. I'd buy me a Transformer. I'd buy me some He-Man figures and yep. G.I. Joe. I'd walk back home. Mm-hmm. There ain't no way in hell I would let a six- or seven-year-old kid walk to town. Shoot, no. And I'd do it every weekend. Yep. Matter of fact, when I run away from home, i just walk to the park down Yeah, here. exactly. Then my sister talked me into going home. See, I'm a mile past the railroad track, so I wasn't ever, you know, right. I didn't ever have that walk. But anytime I was at a buddy's house, they were always in town. It was like, shit, let's go to the park. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, or if I did ride with mom, it was, all right, I've got to go in Smith and Lockwood because i got to pick up something. I'd, I'm going to Super D. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going right over here. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it is what it is. It is. Everything has to evolve. Yeah. Well, I just saw they're getting ready to pave some main road here in Rock Mart, so yeah, fingers crossed it's an important one. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they just paved. I think it was Bellevue they just paved. And I was talking to my help yesterday. I was like, man, they actually did a good job on this one. Not Bellevue. The road going behind uh, Walmart. I can't think of the name. Is of it Brock? No. Behind Walt, behind Home Depot and Cedartown. Oh, if you're going out the highway, where they're about to cut in that new subdivision you, and all that other stuff. Yeah, if you take that right back there yeah. next to the Sitco, yeah, and go down Home Depot that way. They did a good job on all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and yeah, they, it's, it's getting pretty busy out there. It looks like. Yeah, it is, and I always go that way because I don't ever hit the four lane when I go to Home Depot. I ain't. That's too yeah. far out of the way. I agree. So. Big things are happening, though. We're going to do something big. That's it. <laughs> That's it, man. Dude, again, I appreciate you sitting in. I appreciate you hanging out. I have enjoyed, absolutely enjoyed this. I appreciate you having me. I've enjoyed it myself. Huh? It's been fun. It's nice. I like your place here, too. Well, thank you, man. And uh, I'll end it here. <laughs>